City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. He promised young footballers that he could fulfil their dreams of a career at the top flight, but tonight Barry Burnell has been convicted of grooming and abusing them. The 64-year-old, who's previously received three jail terms for similar offences, was found guilty at Liverpool Crown Court. During the course of the trial, he was described as a child molester on an industrial scale who would not just groom his victims, but also their families. The jury will continue deliberating on seven more charges tomorrow. Now, it was a terror attack that shocked the world. 38 holidaymakers, 30 of them British, shot dead on a beach in Tunisia. Since the massacre in June 2015, the Foreign Office has advised against all but essential travel to the country. But now it's withdrawn that advice and Thomas Cook is bringing back package holidays there. The first flight for Tunisia left Birmingham this morning, left Birmingham Airport this morning. Manchester has flights too, so does Gatwick. Our reporter Natalie Bell has been speaking to one of the the many travel agents now hoping to tempt tourists back to Tunisia. My name is Kelvin Stanley. I'm a director of Hessel Travel. We used to do quite a lot for Tunisia. The hotels are good and they used to get a lot of repeat clients as well. The good thing about it from our point of view is that we're struggling to find destinations for the winter and the holiday prices to the Canaries are really expensive. No competition without going on a long flight. So it gives you something else to sell. Is it safe for people to travel? Uh, I don't think anywhere's safe. <laughs> it's probably not safe in, in this country, but, you know, I can understand people wanting to go and some people not wanting to go, so it probably will appeal to everybody. Why do you think they've started again now? Why now, do you think? I think the Tunisians have probably been putting a bit of pressure on to try and get it back, because obviously it helps their economy and they've got all these hotels that are empty. All the tour operators will always go by the UK government advice, and if they're relaxing it, that's what they'll all go by. You can probably understand why people might be still a bit cautious about, you know, booking a Tunisia. Uh, Yes, I can, yeah. I mean, I don't probably think I'd go myself, but, you know, I can understand why people don't, and I can also understand why some people do. I understand the security has been checked, and it all boils down to the government. If the government say to the tour operators that can go, they go. Do you think it can never go back to the way it was because of what's happened? Not completely, not, not for a few years, I wouldn't have thought, but... The whole world's changed, hasn't it? At least not just Tunisia. Well, our reporter Francesca Flynn's been out and about asking people whether three years on, they'd be happy to head to a resort which is tainted by such tragic events. It still seems uh, a little early when they haven't sorted out a lot of the problems over there. Um, understand it's probably going to help the people and the hotel workers over there, but it's still maybe a little bit too early at this stage. And would you sort of risk it yourself? Um, probably would. Personally, I don't have an issue travelling to countries like that and I think it would help support local communities. You know, that's happened in Paris, it's happened in all over the world, New York, everywhere. And you, you wouldn't think twice about going to Paris, would you? So I think I, I don't think I'd be too overly worried about it. So obviously a couple of years on from the attack, it's uh, they've started doing the flights again. Mm-hmm. Would you, so you take it you wouldn't risk that? No, definitely <laughs> not. No, not now. City Talk. UK. A murder investigation's underway after what can only be described as a scene of commotion in Manchester city centre during rush hour this morning. Police were called to the Ancoats area following reports a man had jumped out of a window and attacked a number of people. Police later found a woman's body inside the address. Our reporter Amy Skaysbrick's been at the scene for us. Well, police were called to this busy shopping area at around 20 to 8 this morning to reports of a man jumping from a second floor flat. I can see blood on the window 
window he jumped out of and he landed on top of a car below. The roof on it's badly damaged. The man then started attacking people in the street and he was arrested by police. Detectives then launched a murder inquiry after they found a woman's body inside the flat. Now there's a huge cordon in place. Around a dozen police officers, ten police vans and an ambulance have been here all day. Forensic teams have been taking photographs inside the flat and they've been picking up debris that was strewn across Swan Street and putting it into plastic bags. Police are continuing with their investigation and expect to be at the scene for some time. Modern day slavery is an issue. Police forces across the country have high on their agendas at the moment. There are campaigns running at all the major airports and also the public are being urged to keep their eyes and ears peeled to look out for the signs. Well, we've been speaking exclusively to a woman who was forced to smuggle drugs into the UK by a gang of traffickers in the Caribbean. Jessica, which isn't her real name, is now living in Birmingham. She was wrongly convicted and jailed until the Court of Appeal found she was actually a victim of modern day slavery. Our reporter Laura Chiverton has been to meet her. Traffickers put a gun to Jessica's head and threatened to kill her if she didn't swallow pellets filled with cocaine. If just one had ruptured inside her it could have been fatal but by the time she was on the plane to the UK she was being closely watched. If I yawn and I look to the side of me this guy is just just looking at me. If I did call for help my mother would have been dead, my, my daughter would have been dead. Jessica survived the journey but was stopped by border police and arrested. After fighting to prove her innocence and get asylum here in the UK, she told me the threats to her family back home never stopped. I don't know how long it will take for the nightmares to go away, but it is still there. Basically, the killing back home with my family members. I've just lost two brothers. They're trying to send a message to me so that I should shut up, but that didn't that didn't shut me up. Unlike Jessica, most victims of modern-day slavery don't speak out. Detective Superintendent Nick Walton from West Midlands Police said the force has learned not to rely on victims' testimony after less than 3% of investigations last year led to charges. What we're now trying to do is starting from the outset of the belief that we won't necessarily have a victim to support a prosecution. So what other evidence can we gather to bring effectively almost a victimless prosecution against the traffickers? This is... City Talk UK. It's the biggest royal visit Scotland's seen in years. The couple of the moment, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, have made their first joint visit to the country. It's a freezing cold day, but that didn't stop the crowds gathering in their thousands. And there was no stopping our reporter, Hazel Martin, either. Yes, and I've been tearing around after the happy couple. Their first stop took them to Edinburgh Castle, where the pair spent a good bit of time greeting the public, and thousands turned up. Worth waiting in the cold for. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great to see everyone like come together and even though it is cold, everyone's got such good spirits. Megan got a Valentine's Day card from a little boy and it was so cute. <laughs> really sweet. Yeah, and pointing out things in Edinburgh and thoroughly enjoyed her tartan coat as well. <laughs> that was a very nice touch. Next, it was off to Social Bite for Megan and Harry, a business and enterprise cafe which donates its profits to tackling homelessness. And from there, I followed them down to Holyrood Palace where I'm standing outside now. They've been attending an engagement as Scotland celebrates the Year of the Young People and were greeted by another crowd of adoring fans. Because it was good timing, we've just stopped off to give them a royal wave and a cheer. Obviously, we come to Edinburgh more than we do in London because we like Edinburgh. 
So he's here, so we thought we'd pop and see him. We're quite thrilled. We've come round and we're catching them, so hopefully they'll have a walk around. I don't know. As you can tell, Edinburgh's been absolutely jumping today, but it's not just the city that's buzzing. I am too. I got to meet Megan along the way and she even gave me a handshake. Hi, Hi I'm Catherine. Catherine. I'm also Catherine. My name's Hazel. Good to meet you, Hazel. Hazel. Enjoy Scotland. Oh, so it was definitely worth braving the freezing cold temperatures for today. And there's been plenty of pancake activity across the country today, from Liverpool to London. Our Westminster reporter Georgie Pedromo celebrating victory. She was part of the press team that beat a group of MPs in the pancake relay around Parliament. She's on the line now. Georgie, a group of MPs running round in a circle, chasing each other. Sounds like something you'd see in a Benny Hill sketch. Pretty much so. You've got a you've got a pancake, even you've even got a pancake hat on, you've got a pan with quite a few different types of pancakes, so we're trying to choose which one was the best to use. But um yeah, you flip while running, which is all quite difficult and quite a lot of cheating going on as well. So you actually have to make sure that you are flipping it while you're running. They said about one flip per five steps, but that wasn't really going on today. So one team's made up of the press and the other's a mixture of parliamentarians. Yeah, so there's MPs, there's someone from the House of Lords was there today, which was great. Um, And so, yeah, it's quite odd to see an MP and even a Lord running around on the green outside Parliament, flipping a pancake with a hat on. All for a good cause, though, you know, as well as the last. Exactly. It's for a charity called Rehab, who help people with disabilities. So excellent cause. It's all a bit of fun and it's now pouring with rain. So um, I think we got away with it. Oh, soggy pancakes. Exactly. They were a bit muddy by the end of it. Most people dropped one on their way. (laughs) Thanks, Georgie. Well, some of Liverpool's top chefs have been battling it out at the city's annual pancake race today, too. Uh, Similar sort of thing to the MPs race, actually, running and flipping at the same time. Bart from the Malmaison was the winner. Our reporter, Adam Phillips, was there to greet him at the finish line. Tell us about your (laughs) pancake. That's the most important part as well. It's very, very big. Did that that give you a bit of a challenge running around? Yeah, if your pancake is big, it's more difficult to flip it so once you're running and then you need to flip it it's quite difficult but we've done it some top tips there on making pancakes tonight if you're in a rush that's your latest you bang up to date city talk uk